Oh, maybe I did. I did. Okay, well, here we are at um, Sydney Airport for another instalment of our suddenly, suddenly <laughs> podcast that's going fairly viral on the internet. <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed. Chris and I just checked how many listens the last podcast had. And we were up to six at one point, but the last podcast has shown it. We're back down to two, which is, you know, it's Christmas, everyone's busy, and maybe, you know, you're not driving as much True. to and from work or whatever, you've got time off. Oh, yeah. So it, it might not be that the the listeners have jumped ship, it might just be that the time of the year has meant that podcasting and listening to podcasts is less of a thing. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's much. I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the Blind Boys podcast hug. Um, yeah. Philosophy, or uh, what would you call that? It's an idea, and it's like a an, suggestion. Yeah, I right. think it's what he's aiming for. Mm. It's for you to feel like you've been embraced. Perhaps you get enough. Perhaps most people seem to get enough of that over the Christmas period. Yeah, he's saying that mm. the, the podcast hug is not required. The psychological hug that you get from listening to a podcast is not needed because you're getting physical hugs from people in the real world. Could be you. Yeah, maybe. Could be a thing. Yeah, maybe. But look, we're not going to let it get us down, are we, Chris? We're going to keep on providing the same quality, even better quality podcasts that we have. Up until now. Yeah. In my quiet time, I'll listen to the other one several times to get the average up. <laughs> I knew it was you the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, sitting here in the Qantas terminal, it's pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We thought we'd bring it back to the weather today, do you think, if we have time? Yeah, let's give it a go. Kath has uh, just a few minutes. Like maybe five to ten. Before I board. Um, so we sometimes talk about um, <laughs> subtly changes on this podcast. It's coming more name. and more rare. <laughs> but it was one of the best we've seen for quite some time. Mm, it was a good one, yeah. Um, how would you like to delete it in, Kat? Yeah. Do you want to start with the heat wave? Just yep. as a background? Yep. Well, um, what can we say? I think it had been. Um, do I want to start, or do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, you can do it. Oh, you want. Okay, yeah. I think um, as a continent, Australia broke its record for the hottest day on record a couple of times last week. Yeah, it was more than once, wasn't it? Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Um, it didn't quite break its single station hottest ever day record. I think we had a day of, we had a recording of 49.9. Yeah, somewhere in SA, that's right, yeah, Euclid, somewhere around there. Yeah, but um, yeah, the hottest ever day on record here is 50.7 at Udna Data. Um, now I'm not sure yeah. when that was, like, yeah, 70s or 80s yeah, or something? That's well, amazing. Not, yeah. Um, so this week's been a pretty hot one. Um, temperatures the day before yesterday so that's on uh, what they would have done Friday 
of about 45, at 44 in Melbourne City, and I think 45 to 46 at Avalon in the suburbs of Melbourne. Those are December records, I'm pretty sure, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I reckon. It's only December, that's right. Yeah. It's really only sometime around the middle part of December, if you take into account daylight saving. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good enough lead-in? And Mercury retrograde. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think that's great. That's great. I think that's a great lead-in. So the subway came through Mel Melbourne. The change came through Melbourne sometime. Late on, it would have been Friday, and that same change southerly started to move up the coast. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's, it's hard to know where to go from. What do we talk about next? Well, um, I'd like to. Um, We've had, um, it was a big day, a forecast to be a day of 47 in Western Sydney. Um, and I think, and based on some, the computer model guidance, but also based on some of the temperatures that were taking place over inland parts and that had taken place, like I think I'd seen the previous day, I guess it's going back now to the Thursday. No, no, it was yesterday, it was one of these days. <laughs> Adelaide had a minimum of 33.6. Bleak, yeah. right? Bleak. And it was going for a max of 46. I saw it at 44. So that was, the, I believe, the day before Melbourne got it. Yeah. Um, Melbourne. So we've been Thursday. Yeah, yeah, so then Melbourne fired on, you know, 45, 46. And we're significantly further north than both those places up here in Sydney. So it seemed like a half reasonable plan for Western Sydney to get to 47. But we didn't see that. Um, and that's like a... An interesting thing for me to ponder, yeah. like as an operational meteorologist, we certainly saw um, those sorts of temperatures on the Blue Mountains, or equivalent temperatures. Further west, yeah. Yeah, and further west, but like um, even Mount Victoria had 37 degrees, or maybe 37 point something, mm. and that's at um, 3,000 feet. Yeah, about a thousand meters. Yeah, so we usually add about 10 degrees to that. So that would have put it at 47 at sea level. Mm -hmm, yeah. But something took place in Western, in, in, over the Sydney Basin to stop the temperatures. And yeah. I know Kat worked yesterday and I wonder if she'd like to comment about that. Yeah, sure. It was, it was yeah, Chris is right, it was totally interesting. So we've, we've got lots of bush, bushfire. Oh. It's not my flight, it's a different flight. I think that's the that's the 3.30 flight. Yeah. Oh, right. So I think they're a bit late. Alright. Anyway. Yeah, I worked I worked yesterday. As Chris says, it was it was really interesting. So we we had um we have some big bushfires to the to the west of Sydney, burning through the Blue Mountains, um, as well as I, I guess to the to the north of the Blue Mountains, and also to the south of yeah, like, I don't know what you call the Blue Mountains, Blue Mountains National Park. It's kind of like a little ring around the west of Sydney, the west of Sydney Basin. 
And yeah, I, I guess associated with these big temperatures, we were expecting to see some westerly winds um, mixed down from higher up in the atmosphere yep. um, and, and kind of um, impact the surface in Western Sydney, but further east expecting a sea breeze. Um, but because of all these big bushfires and all the smoke we think that, that oh goodness. Because of all the smoke that these fires were outputting, it kind of acted like a little um, like a little shield. The solar heat wasn't really penetrating um, to the surface, so it wasn't allowing those winds to, to mix through. And they were fairly light westerly um, at higher levels of the atmosphere, say, I don't know, a thousand metres above the ground level in the basin. But yeah, the, fo the smoke was so thick, it kind of thickened during the day even, um, yeah. as the fires further west uh, got got hotter and the day, yeah, I guess the western edge of the fires wasn't blanketed in smoke and so it really took off. I guess someone's really late for that flight, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, and so, and so it, it yeah, the the eastern parts of the fires, you know, they didn't have as big, as big of an influence with the westerly winds either. So it meant that some of the predictions that the RFS were making about the extent of the fires moving further east was um, a little bit overcooked. But yeah, like maybe the main thing was that, was that Western Sydney, in particular, wasn't as hot. Um, and yeah, there were just really huge amounts of smoke, particularly in the afternoon. Some of the fires um, got uh, really big plumes associated with them, particularly one in, in the Blackheath, Gross Valley area, had a plume. We were watching it on radar up to about 12 kilometres. It's like phenomenal um, kind of heights. So yeah, we, there was a, a fire danger rating of catastrophic associated for the Greater Sydney region, which includes the Blue Mountains. It extends all the way east to the coast. And while definitely those catastrophic conditions were experienced for the fires in the Blue Mountains, particularly the western edge of those fires, Sydney kind of got, well, yeah, further east and, and forested parts within the Sydney basin were really spared the, the west of the weather, I guess, which is good. Sort of like, feels like the only areas that are not burnt right now are some of the national parks within the Sydney Basin and closer to the coast. But what did you think about it, Chris? Uh, um, I just watched it from, uh, not at home, but wherever I was, just trying to keep an eye on it because it was an interesting day. I, I noticed... Um, Difficult to forecast, right? Oh, like, yeah. how do you know if the smoke's going to be enough of a, a block or a mm. visor to yeah, stop amazing, the yeah. insulation and the mixing? You know, like, it's impossible to know, isn't it? So on the radio, uh, radar... I saw a huge smoke plume um, extending over Richmond area, mm -hmm. near there anyway. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just north of there, the worst of it, or south, I can't remember. Was that the Gross Valley Fire? Um, uh, I think actually the Gross Valley Fire was slightly further south and that really picked up in the afternoon. Oh, right, right. Um, but yeah, there's a fire edge slightly further north yep. of there and that was what was putting out the smoke at the start of the day for Richmond. Yeah, like around midday. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah but yeah, from about, I don't know, three or four, this Gross Valley thing just took off. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
it me. It's impossible to hear what these people are saying, but I'm pretty sure we've been delayed by 10, 10 minutes. 15 minutes, yeah. yeah. Um, are you alright about that? Yeah, it's nice. So for me, um, I saw Richmond and it get to 36 decimals something, and I think it was because of that smoke that you were describing. The bit for the entire duration of the, the morning in Arvo, pretty much. But I noticed that, um, what was it? Badgeries Creek mm. and Horsley Park all got to the low 40s. 42 ish, so, yeah. something like that, mm. didn't they? Yeah, where well, there was less smoke further south. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, yeah, the inversion almost broke where there was no smoke. Maybe had there been less smoke in general, probably all of the basin, all the, the west of the basin would have gone. But yeah, the, the smoke, the smoke. There was a strong inversion there. Um, temperature inversion in the lowest 2,000 feet. It was quite a deep inversion on the morning Sydney flight. Mm. Um, so that was always going to be without a strong, some form of westerly gradient and, and strong warming from, a, from above. Um, and northwesterly is quite strong. I don't want it, but thank you. Okay. Mixing into that layer, it felt as though, um, you know, that, that just felt there's too much cool air there near the surface without sort of strong westerlies coming through. Let's say there was no smoke and no cloud and you saw that same depth of inversion. I agree, it was a strong, it was a lot of work for the atmosphere to do to break through. Yeah. But in a long day near the middle of summer, yes. is, it, is it the middle of summer? Well no, it's not. Way. Yeah, getting towards yep. the longest day of the year. Is that in January or yeah. no, no? 20, yeah, twenty second. Twenty first, twenty second. So yeah, the day before the longest day of the year with the most sunlight. Would you say that it wouldn't mix through with all of the day's sunshine, with if there was no smoke? I'm not being critical anyway. I'm just putting it out there. No, no. Like, like I'm um, wondering, like, would you actually, would you do uh, it? Oh, well, for Western Sydney, I wouldn't know because mm. like. This, the Sydney flight is from Sydney Airport, That's more true. or less on the coast. Mm -hmm. um, and you It's know, hard to know how far and yeah. how strong that inversion is further west. Yeah, that's right, and, and you would... I don't want to put you no. under pressure here, but like, yeah... I wouldn't know what I'd do, I'd need a bit more information than the little bit I have at home. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, all I'm saying is, putting it out there, it was interesting to see such a depth mm -hmm. of cool air. Mm -hmm. I wondered whether the models had picked that up. You probably no, I think they did. Yeah, the models modelled it pretty well. So the the day before, I think, I, I was working at the RFS again, and I I made the comment that the grids were reasonable, the forecast was reasonable, but uh, maybe it was like a higher end kind of, or not higher end, but um, meteorologically the forecast made sense, um, but. It kind of required this mixing to happen, and that was a little bit of a question mark. So that, that's interesting. So how would you see the mixing take place? Yeah, I guess you'd sort of just have to bank on the solar, you know, thermal mixing from the heat of the sun. And yeah, maybe it wasn't ever going to happen early in the morning. I don't think we were saying a hot day initially in the west, you know, like warm overnight or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, temperatures 
taking a while to increase until you know the arbo. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm not doubting that the ash and smoke and all that stuff had a profound impact. I'm I'm just trying to. No, no. I mean, you make a good point, right? Like, um, without the stronger westerly winds aloft helping to mix down. Mm. Yeah, that that makes it a whole lot harder, doesn't it? Yeah, the particularly prof- yeah with that inversion. Yeah. So the profile I showed, um, which is at Sydney Airport, the mm-hmm. wind profile I showed, slightly stronger westerly winds. Our uh, winds tending more westerly during the day and freshening up to 15 to 20 knots. That's not much, is it? No, and that was at about 3,000 feet. Winds never it's really pretty weak. Yeah. Even at um, Lucas Heights, which is at 500 feet didn't quite ever get anything but a north-northeasterly. So I'm just wondering, like if it was clear, I wonder what it would have looked like. I mean, it would have maybe, maybe, because I noticed that um, the temperature profile with 37 and a half at 3000, at Katoomba, that temperature, so the atmosphere warmed up very nicely because like that was in a westerly mm-hmm. so yeah. the air mass over the Sydney basin warmed up very nicely and actually increased the inversion um, over at Sydney airport oh you mean aloft aloft yeah, yeah. so it it uh, was Made making it, it even harder yeah. mm-hmm. so but yeah it, it might have like you say it was a long day it, I was thinking if it was going to get there it would be like well into the middle of the afternoon yeah, before agree, it would yeah. break. Like just before the change came through, with some extra mixing maybe associated around. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Like I, I only ever thought it would go westerly in the basin ahead of the change, just yeah. ahead of the change. Yeah, super interesting to me. So it probably would have just had to mix down in the west, whereas it near the coast or on the eastern half of the basin where they had some sort of sea breeze in, that that was always going to really struggle yes and uh, there was never forecast yeah to be yeah and the temps there were always yeah, yeah quite low yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah well comparatively yeah. low yeah if but we'd have had more westerly gradient it might have helped you know like because they wouldn't wouldn't have then just had to re- rely on the, the insulation heating, yeah 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 i think that's totally right so we you know two sorts of mi- mixing mechanisms combined Rather than just one. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's totally that's totally valid. Yeah. So I guess yeah, the the forecast at least the fire danger rating for the Greater Sydney region. So yeah, the the bulk of the bulk of the basin didn't see any really significant fire danger or, or fire behaviour, but maybe the catastrophic was warranted for the sort of extreme plume behaviour and the really big runs that we saw for some fires in the Blue Mountains. It's sort of sad, I don't want to dwell on it, but there's some beautiful roads through there where some that are now, and some little towns that are pretty badly damaged. We, they're doing a building assessment today, an impact assessment today, the RFS, but it looks very likely that a, quite a pretty town on the Bells Line of Road called Bilpin it's quite likely that our town probably doesn't exist anymore. Which is pretty sad. Chris and I have been yeah. to Bilpin. Yeah. yeah, really sad. Yeah. Hmm. 
There was a, a, a fire further south, just inland of uh, Aladala, I guess, that um, took a big run as well in some coastal heath. After the southerly change, it moved through, so, or, or with the southerly change, it was really great. Um, it went pyro CB, so uh, it was where the, the fire helped to generate a thunderstorm. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting to watch. So that the plume on that fire got up to about 16 kilometers on the radar. Yeah, it was just these phenomenal kinds of numbers, right? So it's in the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even in the troposphere anymore. Um, I've never, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, it was just, it was cray. Um, but yeah, catastrophic um, conditions were realised for parts of the southern ranges in the south. Oh, and the Illawarra, sort of southern highlands. We got some observations there that verified. So that was, that was pretty good. I'm just going back to trying to visualise how it might have looked if we'd have got those higher numbers and the winds come down into western Sydney. Uh, if it was a clear day, we would have got a pretty deep, well-mixed layer through most of Western Sydney, you reckon? Yeah, well, yeah, I reckon, yeah. Do you reckon the westerlies would have come down the slopes and helped to erode the inversion and helped to increase the temperatures from the west? Or would it just go up, or the temperatures just sort of go through and we get mixing down in spots in the east and then the whole lot go? I reckon it would have come from the west, but you know mm. I didn't. I don't know anything about it. Could have. Could have been that it, little areas could have just mixed through, sort of by themselves, and then some sort of more broad thing happened. As That's well. A, it's a nice idea that that. Mm. I hadn't even really thought about it like that. that. That would have been super cool. Would have been interesting to see what yeah. would happen. I think once or twice I've seen a line coming come in from across, the west. Yeah, I've seen like, it once as well. Yeah, it doesn't happen that uh, often. Yeah. Some little sort of front of thing coming up. It's super cool. Yeah. Front of warm. Warm, yeah. <laughs> the westerly pushing into like nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of interested to see how that might happen. Um, so the anabatic in the western suburbs of Sydney, you know, the little east northeasterlies, that those far western observation sites like Richmond and Penrith. Right sort of lower parts of the slopes, yeah, yeah. Before it starts to climb into the Blue Mountains. Would, would be eroded either in the form of a line mm -hmm. or the winds just, if the mixing was strong enough, just coming down. And I, I, I think I've seen that happen quite a few times too. Um, but it, it reminds me, and I mentioned it to you yesterday, of what, what the the New Zealanders used to talk about for the, their lead trough on the South Island and when wind, winds will mix down to places like Christchurch is when the gradient, the gradient wind or the pressure gradient, the wind aloft increases to a certain amount. Do you remember the number? No, maybe, maybe, maybe 40 knots, something yeah, like that. crazy lot, winds that they get all the lot, time. Yeah. <laughs> so what's gradient for them given that the ranges there are so high? Good point, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> we tend to use 5,000 feet here on the ranges, don't we? And then yeah. three above. Yeah, for, for the basin. For the basin, yeah. yeah. Maybe but maybe they use the same. Maybe. Their ranges are much higher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
they probably basically get on the gradient observation in those days anyway the, the observed gradient went oh, across yeah. church cool. or maybe even somewhere on the west coast how cute but um yeah just the thing um that's consistent with the idea of the mixing being easier to attain if you have strong winds helping out yeah and i guess in those southern latitudes like christchurch <laughs> maybe the heating never it really is, happens, happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe yeah maybe i hadn't really what is the latitude of christchurch oh no i'm not sure would it could, be, could be like bass straightish yeah high 30s that's right i was going to say but yeah um gonna have a look around and see what's going on oh yeah people are lining up This lady on the loudspeaker is impossible. She does not have a clear voice. It's, no. it's crackly and soft. I love it. People are boarding now. So we had a wonderful subtly change came Oh, out. yeah, we didn't even talk about the subtly, yeah. Sorry to get bogged into that. I hope no, that was no, all right. No, I love it. It's no, great. Just wondered. Nice to hear these things. I was wondering what you'd seen out there. It'd be great to forecast in New Zealand, wouldn't it? Quite a great place. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. So the change got to Aladala at about what time? Two o'clock? Yeah. Maybe 11 at Bega. Okay. Just after... Oh, yeah, just before 11 at Bega. Yeah. Um, and then started to really intensify as it came up along the Illawarra. Classic. <laughs> it's a trend we often see that maybe we haven't talked about in the, in the podcast before. Yes. It doesn't get any better. It was really enjoyable to see. Now I got to 46 and a half-ish mm -hmm. temperature. It was huge. Yeah, so yeah. there was a lot of, even though there yeah, were sea breezes. It was huge, yeah. Yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, we watched Nara. Nara did this great thing where it, it was in some sort of like at light northerly or northeasterly for a long time and then just abruptly went westerly and the temperature just shot up and what? the dew point is that right? fell through the floor. Yeah, it was great. Well, yeah. that's what we've been talking about, isn't that <laughs> yeah, great? Yeah. And they're lucky there because they're in a valley, the Shoalhaven. It's a hole, yeah. <laughs> no, it's all right. I take it back. It's all right there. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's sort of extra wind there to channeling, I assume. And the wind doesn't have to get get up and down over the ranges mm -hmm. into Western Sydney That's like true. it does in That's Sydney. That's true. Yeah. Um, That's true. But yeah, what other obs did you see of the change? Um, yeah, I, I guess at least on the on the south coast we saw something that maybe we see a little bit: a light subtly move through first, and mm. then a stronger surge maybe half an hour later. So yeah, that happened at Maruya. Maybe Monty as well. Um, see, that was that was fun. Yeah, yeah they went light subtly first and then gusted. Um, I think I remember we did a podcast where that happened again on the south coast. Yeah, but I think by the time it had moved further north, um, perhaps even something similar happened at Nara. It went round light, um, and then maybe it wasn't half an hour. Maybe it was like fifteen minutes. It came in stronger after that. But by the time it got through. You know, places like Balambi and Aladala. No, sorry, not, not Aladala. Balambi and Kayama. It was just, it gusted. Yeah, I guess yeah. it came through, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I didn't realise about the south coast, but yeah, that's good. And nice to see. 
Mm. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, what other interesting obs did it? Do you know how hot it got at Balambi? Balambi's right oh, on the very coast. Very hot. Yeah. Twenty-five. Mm -hmm. Good. I had nice. Yeah, same at Kayama, maybe it's, twenty-six. It's the place to be. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just. I'm assuming that the warm, the air was very warm just above the ground, yeah, yeah. and that um, assisted the intensification as the front of the front. Yeah. Um, I noticed on the wind profile that the front was pretty much a couple of thousand feet deep. Mm -hmm. So that's consistent with it interacting with warmer air just above a sea breeze that might only be a thousand yeah. or fifteen hundred. That sounds good, yeah. But yeah, I wondered if there was... Um, I saw a gust of 48 at um, Kayama and 49 mm -hmm. at Balambi. Yeah, Balambi made it, yeah. Um, There's a severe weather warning out for damaging winds in the Sudley and... Oh. Yeah, Balambi made it. That's great. Yeah, verified. But as this change came through Watermola, which is uh, right on a coastal bluff in Royal National Park, gusted like in the low 50s, which went off. It was really funny. Um, Did you see there was almost no wind prior to it in the north wind? <laughs> it went from zero gusting five to something gusting 55. This is like an in-house joke that Watermola is a very poor station. You may as well just throw it away. It's not useful in any way. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't even look at Watermola, like, someone pointed out to me during the day that it, it gusted over a hundred or something, and I was like, oh, why bother, like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. That's great. But it was nice to watch the changes that moved up the coast on the radar imagery, I think we both noticed that it sort of had like a little apex as it was coming up the south coast, like an upside down U, and then you told me, I didn't notice this, but... As it came through the basin, the U sort of flattened out into a straight line and yeah. then moved further north. It yeah. came, became much broader, yeah. So the, the, the apex was right along the coast, as it seems like it often is. Often, yeah. And then it broadened a bit so that it was more eastern half of Sydney mm -hmm. as it came over the Sydney area. How nice. I'm wondering how you're feeling, Karen. Yeah, maybe. I might have to. I see you're a bit distracted. Guess you're not as cool as you thought you were. Aren't you funny? You know, I'm exactly as cool as I think I am. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we should wrap up. It was a great change. What What happened in Sydney? Um, I saw Augusta 46 at Sydney Airport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened further north. Did you see a big temp drop across it? Probably not that much. Um, at least in the east. Well, I don't think it was that much. I um, I think it maybe dropped from a no, not much. Low, low 30s to... Yeah, yeah, 23 or something. Not a big deal. Um, but I noticed a gust of 40-odd at Holsworthy. Mm, yeah, it did gust further. In. I noticed um, maybe a gust in the high 30s at Richmond. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I was surprised at that too. Yeah. That was pretty so it was nice. hotter out there, yeah. Would have been a lot of nice wind shear around with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The craft trying to land in those places. We're going to go, hey? Oh, no. Let, let's just say Merry Christmas. and. Oh, that's so nice. A Happy New Year and... Um, we'll do one before New Year, I guess, but I've, I've got to run now. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Merry Christmas. Good flight, Kat.